This is spoilers. This is spoilers. This is Heyo. Heyo. I won trivia last week by some Wrote sort of in, miracle. I think it was like a penguin question from Mikey. Ooh. Was it like a penguin question? <laughs> yep. Yep, solid. Yeah. So that sounds like Mikey. Yep. <laughs> yep, you guys are doing really good. Stevie and Mike are recording together tonight as we've all been hearing a lot of singing in the recording <laughs> session. Gangsta's Paradise. Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio with Michelle Pfeiffer. It's a solid recording. She may or may not be in it. No, she she's in it. The music video. That's on the record. <laughs> anyway, as, as the winner of last week's trivia, I chose Pulp Fiction this week. Um, here is the um, the wrap-up of that film that I chose for the reading today, and that is Pulp Fiction, one of the most influential films of the 1990s. Pulp Fiction is a delirious postmodern mix of neo-noir thrills, pitch-black humor, and pop culture touchstones. Let's go around <laughs> the figurative, literal, not literal room here and uh, see where everyone's recording. And why don't you start out with your least favorite scene of the movie and, you know, the, the old normal stuff, who you are and where you're recording. Pap, we'll start with you. Hey, this is Pappy recording from Denver, Colorado. Uh, least favorite scene of the movie? Hmm. That's interesting because I really like this movie. I would say I'm not crazy about Bruce Willie uh, discussing breakfast foods with his potbelly girlfriend. That part was kind of annoying. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Bruce Willie. I'll go ahead and go next. Um, this is Vince, the intern, also in Denver, Colorado, here in Five Points. Um, least favorite scene? That's an interesting question. And I couldn't really think of one until Pappy just brought that up. So I'm going to go the cheap way out and piggyback onto Pappy's response. I didn't like the romance part between Bruce Willis and uh, his girlfriend or fiance. Vince, or did you actually watch this movie? <laughs> I've never seen Pulp Fiction in my entire life. No, I mean, like, describe a bad scene. I love every single scene of this movie, so I'm, I'm trying to think of something that I don't like. And I remember I actually rewatched it last night, and I remember actually saying out loud with the person I was watching it with, I was like, I love every scene of this movie. Um, Who'd you watch it with? All the different scenes. I guess. Uh, I guess the part that I don't like is Quentin Tarantino's cameo. Um, I think he's a fucking terrible actor. And he <laughs> Easy. Shits, he kind of shits on his own like masterpiece because Pulp Fiction, in my opinion, is top 100 movies of all time, if not higher than that. It's a great film, but his acting is really, really bad. So I guess that would be my least favorite scene. Although I love that scene when like the fixer comes in and tells him what to do and stuff. I think that's really cool. So. But I don't like that part because I think he's a terrible actor. Yep, more on the director's cameo and the wolf later. Uh, how about Stevie? You're next. Oof. Uh, my least favorite scene of the whole movie. Uh, well, I'm recording from Mishawaka, Indiana, but my least favorite scene is probably when <laughs> Jimmy is discussing that um, he's wondering why Jules and uh, Vincent are there. And he's using the N-word. And he's saying, you know... Does this look like this is N-word storage? It's probably my least favorite part of the whole movie. Oh, dude. I thought, I love that. I think that's so funny. <laughs> that's probably, why. it, it was like, just unnecessary. Is, it, he's like, <laughs> he's like, does my house have a sign up front that says 
dead N-word Yeah, story. I mean, it's that, but, like, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino has played darker roles in that, but I just felt unnecessary, so I'd probably say that part is probably his favorite part. Yeah. yeah. All right, Mikey, you up. Uh, I agree 100% with Pappy. I thought uh, the Bruce Willis French girlfriend scenes were just, like, unbearable. I hated that part of the movie, and I wish they were cut out of it, honestly. So, so bad. I I didn't like it at all. <laughs> all right, and uh, just so viewers aren't confused, Jordan, my brother, he's going to start speaking here in a second. <laughs> it's not actually me. They're different just people. Still talking. Yeah. What? Because <laughs> everyone's going to be so confused. Um, <laughs> when do you guys Jordan. switch? Just let us know. Uh, this is oh, Jordan. Sorry. I'm recording from Greensboro, uh, North Carolina. Um, although... I do hate the scene with the scenes with the French girlfriend. I think that you guys all kind of skipped over the old rape scene, and that's definitely <laughs> my least favorite part. Um, yeah. Although it ends up like in a in a kind of badass way, that's definitely like the worst part for me. So good point, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Kick it over to Jordan now. <laughs> Okay, okay. Incredible. I might have to edit that part out because that's just too confusing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> one of us. So. Where are we right now? <laughs> okay, so back around to me, Josh from Goshen, Indiana, and my least favorite scene wasn't hit on already, and that is, I think, uh, the diner scene, and specifically the end of it when it's just basically John Travolta doing Grease with his all over again. I know Steve oh, really likes no that way. song. Oh, no way. I love that. I, the most iconic scene in the movie? It just makes me feel awkward. I, I don't know. I don't like it. What's your deal? What's your deal, man? I love Grease. <laughs> no, it's not Grease. It's Saturday Night Fever. It's way better. Yeah, it's all the... I don't know what it is, but um, I just don't tell me enjoy more, tell me more. watching John Travolta try to be sexy. <gasps> He doesn't need to try to be sexy, though. That's where you're wrong. He just is, he just is <laughs> the right. epitome of sexiness. Let it take over. So anyway, let's let's dig into this a little bit. I think uh, kind of the biggest question about this movie, and I know there's a lot of theories about it, is uh, who is Marcellus Wallace and what's in the briefcase and... You know, like, does he look like a bitch? Yeah. <laughs> what? 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 Is, is he bald? <laughs> what? <Sure. laughs> oh, it's great. So, yeah, Mikey, let's start with you, man. What? If you can remember the first time you ever saw this movie, did you even have a theory on what the briefcase was? And what are your thoughts now, I guess? Honestly, I thought what was in the briefcase was either gold or uh, like heroin that nobody has ever seen before. <laughs> brown sugar uh, just like uh, I don't I don't know what color heroin would be but I assumed it would glow gold in front of these people's eyes uh, yeah it does but uh, yeah I thought uh, that is that that's one of the things that has always like intrigued me about this movie is that that part of the movie has always been like sort of a uh, up in the air and kind of like a, a fan theory slash mystery of what it could be. But I, I always assumed it was like some, it, I always assumed it was like cash or uh, jewels or something like that. But yeah, it's, I'm interested to see what you Wait, guys are, think it is. Wait, are, are, there, are there fan theories? What the fuck, what, what do people say? Oh yeah. I think it's his soul. 
What? They think it, they think it's the diamonds from Reservoir Dogs too. That's another one. That's what? A, I love that. Thing. Oh, I've never yeah. heard that before. I'm interested in that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Can we do a That's deep a dive here? What what the fuck's going on? <laughs> well, so, fan, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, if you do a quick Google search on what fan theories are in the briefcase, you get everything from, yeah, Marcellus Wallace's soul to the fact that it's the diamonds from Reservoir Dogs because of the Vega Brothers connection. Um, I love that, too. Okay, okay. But, but in actuality, Quentin Tarantino has confirmed on the Howard Stern show that there was no even intent to be behind what was in the briefcase, and it's intentionally a MacGuffin just to have yeah. motivation for the characters, and it's, there's no breadcrumbs or anything. It's just use your imagination. You're, you're a MacGuffin, Pappy. <laughs> yeah, that's true, Pap. You yeah. have been a MacGuffin before. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> actually, Pap, what, what's a MacGuffin? Uh, I, all right, Stevie, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it's a object of desire that the characters chase after for the whole it's movie. It's a plot right? device. It's sort of like the it's, focal point. Yeah, yeah, a plot device is the focal point. Like a it's chase, very like weak, case. and you and I both hate MacGuffins. Yeah. Like the like the diamonds and Reservoir Dogs, or even like maybe like the Ring and Lord of the Rings. It's like the central. Yeah, it's kind of like the central plot of, device of for. What kind of like kicks off, or even as a central point of a plot? But it's like fun to think about because Tarantino has said that all of these movies are in the same universe. Universe, right? right. Like all of his movies have always been in the same universe, like from. But I've always thought that's so lame, though, because there's like very little overlap. Like they're in completely different continents and times, and you know what I mean. Well, like, yeah, that's that, if if they're not going to do a crossover, like the briefcases, the jewels from. Reservoir Dogs or whatnot, then why even be in the same universe? Well, I mean, the Vegas kind of crossed over to Pulp Fiction, and you actually yeah. you can connect everything to every movie. Were there any Hateful his. Eight connections though? Wait, yeah, because so um, Jewel Jewels is a is a gangster and also a, a slave master in Django. <laughs> it's <laughs> his great true. grandparent. Well. Man. <laughs> identical. I think a lot of that could be attributed <laughs> to just Tarantino's maybe ego. And then fans taking any symbols they can and connecting them to each other. Uh, I I don't know. I don't find much stake in that all his movies are some sort of dimension. Does anybody actually buy that? Well, um, in Inglorious Bastards, uh, Charlie Hickox, which is the um, dude. What you what you call me? What's his name? Um, I'll do a who's Hickok. the who's the actor's name that plays Charlie Hickox, the Englishman that pretends to be German. Inglorious Bastards. I don't remember his name. What's his you got name? Computer. Michael Fassbender plays Charlie Hickox. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. And Tim Roth in Hateful Eight plays a character whose last name is also Hickox, who's like a like a bad guy in the West, like in a Western. So it kind of connects as, as well. Yeah, those are just really Right, they're very subtle, though. but they connect. Yeah. There's a lot of things with yeah. Well, there was a rumor for a while that they were going to make a prequel with Michael Madsen and uh, John Travolta called like, the Vega Brothers. Um, but now, obviously, they're too old for that. Scientology wouldn't allow Vince it. Dying. Yeah, with Vince <laughs> dying in this movie, it's kind of, that ship has sailed. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Tom. Scientology's got him. Yeah. So this movie was from 1994. That's 23 years ago. That's when a $5 shake seems like a big deal. Um, so, yeah, were there parts of this movie that you guys didn't think really held up well or maybe would have been changed with modern technology? Jordan, go ahead. You, you got anything? 
Um, I mean, I guess if it's all kind of based in a, uh, like a low income sort of like gangster-ish neighborhood, but there's also like cell phones now, which would ruin the whole premise of several parts. Um, well, there's cell phones in this film too. Portable phone, portable phone, prank call, hang up. That guy? Yeah. Dude, yeah. no. I mean, fucking when, when uh, Vincent Vega's driving Uma um, to yeah, get that like, EpiPen, yeah. he calls the, the heroin Samuel dealer. Samuel like, I'm bringing has... this by, and you know who it is. It's Marcel's <laughs> So So Vincent yeah. is like the rich, uh, he's driving the rich girl, and he has access to, I, I don't even know, how, how does he have access to a mobile phone i think but, zach more yeah. he, he calls I, i'm pretty sure he calls a rotary Congress. phone right he calls a rotary phone i'm confused all right in a dude's house as the only person here who no. actually lived in the 80s let me talk for a second oh, oh yeah oh here we go they used to be an 80s expert Josh. they used to be car phones that were uh like permanently in the car like a car phone like Zach Morris had it and Saved by the Bell, which you guys may or may not. Jerry remember. Seinfeld had it. I remember it, it Josh. Yes, I did. remember yes. Seinfeld. Yeah, then that was actually. You don't you don't remember so. anything. I remember <laughs> Saved by the Bell very you well. Zero <laughs> berries, dude. But not only was that technology kind of weird, but uh Mia had I guess her and Marcel Swallis' house all intercom. set up with all these videos and intercoms everywhere. Her voice was like Oh my god. Bluetooth. Yeah. <laughs> she, she was Siri throughout the whole house. That was true too. She looked like a uh, a KGB agent spying on the USA. But that's not too far fetched for a like drug lord. Let's assume Osiris Wallace is some kind of high powered gangster of some sort. Drugs, whatever. I think he ruled LA. Yeah, but that's not too far fetched to have like 1994. That's some. It's not too far fetched to have like an intercom and a, a security. System I don't think this movie like was like based in like kind of when it came out though. Yeah, I what, think this movie was based more year, in the early eighties. Yeah, what year was this supposed to be? Still, you think about Scarface. 90s, Scarface motherfucker has video feed through all this shit. Like a gangster that is targeted, like people want to kill him and take him down. Is definitely going to be secure in their own home, and if he has that much money, why not have cameras? I right. know, but like this is a uh, this is like the type of movie you can't really tell what year it's what year to it be, is what year it's supposed to be. Like true, but if you say early eighties, I mean they had camera technology. Yeah, but this movie was 80s. made in ninety four. So ninety four, like you would just assume that it took place in ninety four, but from the technology, you can't really tell. Or maybe it's in some kind of weird. It could be like I mean, it's its own universe. In '94, they would have they would have a mic and speakers, which is just about all they need at that point. And a a car phone is that what you called it, Josh? Is that a thing? Dude, I, I don't know <laughs> if that's the actual colloquial term or not. Car phone. I, I didn't car mean phone. for that conversation right. to go totally towards technology as far Old as band. just a movie. You know, how does this still hold up 23 years later? I think a big part of this movie is like the seemingly meaningless dialogue to get to know characters before major moments in the film, which yeah. might be more of a cliche now that we see. So did it still affect you in the same way as you guys watched it recently? I think it's a lot like, uh, I think it's a lot like Seinfeld, like where it just takes place in its own time and like technology doesn't really need mm, to exist. Yeah, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't have any real effect on the plot points of anything. I mean, I'm sure there's like TV cameras and cell phones and stuff like that, but it doesn't really bring 
anything to the table. And it doesn't really change anything according to the plot either. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think it does either. I agree with that. Pappy, but as far as like got? the movie, it, I say as far as the movie itself holding up, I was talking with Stevie earlier today, and he said that he didn't think that it's aged well. Why did you say that, Stevie? Really? Um, this is kind of weird for me. Um, let me put it lightly. Uh, put it heavily. No, put it heavy. Put yeah. it heavy, bro. Yeah. Drop it heavy. Lay it on. <laughs> Come on, say it. <laughs> okay, been, so Stevie's it's a movie that. Okay, it's a movie that's supposed to be four intertwining stories throughout the early 80s of, like, the underbelly of L.A., which, quite frankly... I don't think it's... I think it could be the 90s. No, it's the early 80s. I mean, you can tell from the cars as well as the lingo and the music and the hair. But it's it's kind of weird for me because... it's I don't know. I think it's just kind of weird because... Well, I'll say the reason I think it holds up. You're trying to say that you don't think it holds up, so... Yeah, I'll, let me say why I think it does hold up is that I feel like the dialogue is timeless in its own like sort of meaninglessness. I think Mike had a good point in like Seinfeld is that they don't get pinned down into current events or like too much um, exactly flushing out of characters' backstories and date and times. Yeah. It's just like characters discussing their day to day lives or like eating a cheeseburger. Like, or, yeah, like, the the McDonald's conversation is exactly it. That would have happened in Seinfeld. It's the exact same thing, or or I even think, like the like as they're as they're walk or uh, riding up in the elevator or like walking up the stairs, they're talking about like massaging a girl's feet. Like that's yeah. something that like you wouldn't be like on your phone while you're walking up the stairs, exactly. Yeah. So it, yeah, I would say the one thing that maybe doesn't hold up as well, be just because it's been done so many times since then is, and maybe it's been done before, I don't know. Um, it, but is the shuffling of the scenes and the sequences. Um, I feel like if you went into that movie cold and you didn't know it was happening, that would be like a once-in-a-lifetime experience of, wait, what? Like, now he's back? But, like, I've seen it so <laughs> many times at this point, like, that maybe has been dulled a little bit for me. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. I, I love it every time. I love this movie every time, but I think it is because it's the original kind of film that does that. Um, as more and more films play along, play play around with the sequencing of events it can become a trope and then you get bored of it i guess but i this movie still holds up to me i'm still really wondering what stevie's gonna fucking say <laughs> yeah stevie pulled together but i, w- I want to jump in on the dialogue that's been my whole thing times. is vince vega is a true star <laughs> of this go. movie <laughs> agree. i mean he is the disagree tr- Wait, why is he not the why is he not the star, Pappy? That's my favorite character. I agree. He's in every me, chapter. He's in every chapter. Why is he not the star? Well, no. Why? I, I why? Why is he? Uh, why he's in every chapter? Why is he not the star? <laughs> well, I didn't try to make it a hostile debate, but for me, Bruce Willis <laughs> is the main protagonist because you see him running off into the sunset on the motorcycle, and what's the last chronological event that happens? So for me. Bruce Willis is the one that I was rooting for, but you're right. I think probably John Travolta has the most screen time. I mean, John Travolta is the main star of this movie, and I don't know. I kind of wish he was paid the least. Right, and it was it was kind of the strange span in his career where he went from Greece to literally obscurity. I mean, hell, you had Staying Alive in between, which was a sequel to Saturday Night Fever in between. Well, he was in he was in Phenomenon though, and Phenomenon. 
Face Wait, off. Welcome back, Kyle. That was not Face. before. Phenomenon that was not shit. before. Face off was after. Yeah, Face, Face off was way before. <laughs> Face off, dope as shit. No, we was, should spoil it. Was after. Yeah, and so I mean, off. off. <laughs> <laughs> part, part, of me, part of me wishes that Quentin Tarantino made John Travolta the main star of this movie, but I understand like how cool it was to shoot it like out of chronological order. But my main gripe of this movie is I kind of wish that John Travolta was in it more. But even though he's in every, I guess you can say he's in every chapter to call him the main star, I kind of wish he was like the main character throughout the whole movie. That's one of my main gripes. That's why you don't think it holds up, or that's just a gripe you have? No, with that's it? a gripe I have with it. I mean, if you're going to yeah. put someone in every chapter of the whole movie, make him the main star of the whole movie. Hey, speaking of VVs, because we all know that those are like the best kind of people, Vincent Vega, did you guys see the OJ, um, uh, speaking of... I don't get it. ...of Travolta. So Travolta was Robert Shapiro in OJ. And I've been watching that today and he Great was really show. good. But I was just going I was just going off Stevie's point of loving John Travolta. I think he did a really, really good job in the People versus OJ Simpson American Crime Story um, playing Robert Shapiro. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. <laughs> haven't seen it? No. Well, never mind. I guess I'm the only well, person that has seen it. It's a, he has a great performance. I like John Travolta. So, um, do, do, does the glove fit? No, it didn't. You must have quit. Oh, you must have quit. Come on, man. Come on. Yeah, Spoiler you, alert. Yeah. Anyways, I derailed that, I think. Right, so Pulp Fiction. <laughs> and I don't know if we're ever going to get to the core of what Stevie was trying to get to if this movie oh, doesn't no, hold that's, up. That's lost. Uh, maybe we can come back to that later. Or <laughs> Let him think about it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I, I guess I pictured this as a ensemble cast not as big as the thing's ensemble cast but you know with uh uma thurman she's uma. on the, she's on the cover she's on all the posters um john travolta this re- famously revitalized his career samuel jackson and probably the his quintessential performance ever um then bruce willis who's probably like the protagonist proper of this film so it's kind of four there did anybody else pick up on Vincent Vega being the number one guy in the film? I, I would consider him the number one antagonist of the film. Like, he's definitely, like, he kind of fucks up, like, because he's careless with his heroin. He's, on, he's a heroin and then, And then, yes, like, he he's also super disrespectful to the wolf, Harvey Keitel, who's, like, the man. And even, like, you know, Samuel L. Jackson, who's the man up until that point in the film is like, hey, you, you got to back down to this dude. Like, he knows what he's doing. So he's arrogant. He's a drug addict. Like, he's sort of like an anti-hero. And, and like Stevie said, he's the most prominently featured character. So you try to grow to hate him as the movie goes on. And I think he got his car keyed by Bruce Willis. Did you guys pick up on that? Or have you heard about That's that? That's an interesting interpretation. Yeah. That was oh, wait, confirmed what? by QT. Yeah. Hmm. Is he... Yeah, uh, the more you watch this... They they give QG? each other this just really long bad look in the bar, and then kind of in the next scene, I think that you see Vincent Vega. He's really just bitching about someone keying his car, and then later, obviously, Bruce Willis kills him to death. So <laughs> <laughs> I think that there's this whole kind of underlying kills these guys. It's, it's like the opposite of love at first sight almost. Is Travolta really like the mm-hmm. least paid person on this movie? Is 
or yeah, I think he was, was only making like ten thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars a week or something. like yeah, that. Yeah, it was like a total. And he was. Nothing. I thought he was the best actor in this whole movie. I thought this. Honestly, I thought this movie was about him for the longest time. I thought it like centered around him. Yeah. And I uh, was kind of surprised when he said that. So, I yeah, this movie. I think he makes this movie. He's. I feel like he's the best part of this movie. Um, honestly, it's really uh, like a. How can Quentin Tarantino make a whole movie around around uh, John Travolta? No, around Uma Thurman, <laughs> around Uma Thurman's feet. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, but and then sprinkling everybody else into it. But yeah, it's really I I I thought the whole movie was John Travolta's movie, and then everybody else was just kind of secondary to it. So I was surprised to see that he was so far down on the list. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of a tough sell because he doesn't have a romantic interest in this. And what does he really like want throughout it? He's almost like, yes, he's in every scene, but maybe he's the second character or third character in all those scenes. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. he's the I only mean, he, one of like the He's the, the muscle so often. Yeah. yeah. He's the only one of the main characters who doesn't really have any kind of an arc, though, I would say. Like That's Bruce Willis. Would, yeah. I was gonna go. Bruce Willis has some sort of like a character transformation from going to a fighter and then being retired and then escaping with his girlfriend, like riding off in the sunset. Samuel L. Jackson has a like a really explosive character arc where he says he's just gonna walk the earth now. But like Vincent Vega doesn't really seem to learn his lesson and ends up getting shot to death by a no country for old men (laughs) (laughs) silenced weird gun thing. Every scene, every scene he has with Samuel L. Jackson, he's just over overshadowed by Samuel L. Jackson. So it's kind of like he's always playing kind of second fiddle to him, but he's also like in way more scenes than than Samuel L. Jackson. So it's kind yeah. of weird. Going off of what Pappy just said, I think this is maybe my most interesting question that I have for you guys about this movie, and we'll that, be the judge of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think there are probably a couple lessons to be learned, and like kind of something Tarantino maybe was trying to say. Uh, I'd, I'd like to go around to everybody. So let's start with Vince. Hey, yes. Do you, do you <laughs> read any? Oh, buddy. Oh, baby. It, he's an intern. He has to go first. Did, I don't know. Did you see any like lessons to be learned from this film? Huh. It's an interesting question. Um, I haven't really thought about that. Do you mean in like filmmaking or no? In, like no. Like personal lessons to take away and like make you a better, maybe worse person or like to reflect. Yeah. Are there reason like that things happen or is this just a story of chaos in LA? I presume that things just go nuts. So like, what can you take from this? I think <clears throat> you just saying chaos there uh, would be my take on it. There was no really lesson, but it was kind of more just a look through the looking glass of uh, different people that are affected by organized crime or just crime in general. Stevie, what you got? Um, I agree with Vince. I think Quentin Tarantino is a master of... Write that down. Stevie agrees with me. That's like first time ever. <laughs> hey. Super rare. Put in the stats. Super, super duper That's rare. Sad. But I agree with Vince. I think... <laughs> Grant Antierno is somewhat the master of intertwining like storylines, and I don't think they have to have like in significance significance to them. I think they just this is what happens on this day, and this is how they fold together. 
And I think he's very great at that. I think he has great writing. I think he has great cinematography, great directing towards. He's my favorite director of all time. And I don't think all the storylines have to have a great significance to them. I think they just, here's how they kind of connect together, and here's how I'm going to tell it. So that's the way I kind of look at his movies. So does anybody think otherwise? I mean, I yeah, think I'm, there's some meaning that you can extrapolate from a couple of the stories. Like, I think that the whole <laughs> character arc, again, of Jules, where he becomes a believer in some sort of higher power, um, and Vincent does not. And it's also that humility that's shown in the, in the presence of the wolf, too, where Jules is willing to be humble and listen to the wolf where Vincent is not. And ultimately, that humility is kind of a downfall. But on a lighter note, also... Don't fuck with your boss's woman. That seems like a bad <laughs> idea. Foot jobs mean foot hand. Foot, foot jobs uh, are dead. Something yeah. around there. Yeah. Woo. Foot massage. Not even the same ballpark. <laughs> I, I, I feel like ever since I first saw this movie, I've been trying to figure out what the lesson is with Vincent Vega. And, you know, he basically gets killed because he's taking a shit at the wrong time. <laughs> and, it, and it's like why and i feel like there's got to be a why there honestly but you know yeah. bad shit always goes down when he's shitting either restaurants get robbed or bruce willis breaks in or someone overdoses on heroin that's the one thing so i always he, look he over should, like, is the fact that he's he like a heroin it. addict yeah you should just hold it i always like i Tried to look to like I've tried to look at this movie differently since the fact that he's yeah. a heroin addict. That's why his bowels all yeah. jacked up. He's I was saying continuity, yeah. And it's just maybe, maybe he just needs some. He needs some tums. Even like that's all he needs. Even when <laughs> he he's with like Marcellus Wallace's wife Uma Thurman <laughs> in his house, he's just like very. You can tell he's fucked up on drugs. And he needs tums. And I just kind of try to look at the movie kind of like One of our sponsors. he's very tums. screwed up on heroin the whole time. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I read an interesting anecdote with him that I guess he'd never done that, so he talked to someone who has, and their advice was like, you know what it's like taking a bunch of tequila shots and going in a hot tub? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, well, that's not even close to what it's like. That sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds fucking terrible. <laughs> I need to find a hot tub. So dehydrating. <laughs> Can I have water? <laughs> Need moisture. <laughs> and that goes into our second movie of the night, Hot Tub. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth transition, boys. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> you guys actually did shed some light on that why, I guess. So thank you. Uh, my last question, and just where does this rank among Tarantino's films for you? Ooh. Uh, for me, um, he's my favorite director of all time. I'd probably say this is my number... It's kind of weird for me because I think Pulp Fiction is the reason a lot of movies were made. So i probably rank this as number five um, out of all of uh, Quentin Tarantino movies. i probably rank... It's pretty low. I mean, he's directed eight movies... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, wait. What, what what's in front of it? What's in front of it? I'd say. Um, <laughs> what's in front of it? I definitely say. Um, Inglorious oh Bastards is number oh one. Inglorious <laughs> Bastards, I think, is his masterpiece by far. 
Okay. Then you go to Reservoir Dogs. Then you go to both Kill Bills. And... Yuck. Well, quite frankly, you probably go to Django. I love Django Unchained. And then, um, well, actually, you can go to Hateful Eight. Okay, Ooh. so this is the worst movie. Is what so you're, you're saying, saying you're saying no? Actually, you're, I'm you're, I'm waking it lower. I say now. this is his probably number seven, and then Jackie Brown. Jesus Christ! Yeah, dude. I think. Well, he's given solid reasons the whole time to support that, so you gotta respect True. that argument. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I mean. So what's below this? I guess is the question. I mean, Jackie Brown is below this. I think Jackie Brown's his worst film, so. Yeah, I probably. So you said seven of eight. I would agree with that, but I wouldn't put it at seven as his best. I mean, that's what I put it. I think Quentin Tarantino has gotten better with age. His writing's amazing. It's gotten better, and so is his directing because he does single camera directing the whole time. He doesn't do multiple cameras. So, yeah, I'd probably go. That is cool. um, Pulp Fiction number seven out of eight. So we're not counting Ground Grindhouse. Not counting Grindhouse. Grindhouse. Not counting it. Okay, let's not We're, count Grindhouse. I'm down with that. Why don't you go next, Mikey? Hot takes, Stevie. <clears throat> okay, uh, yeah, me hot. and Stevie uh, really spent uh, quite a while at the bar debating <laughs> this. And uh, honestly... Can't tell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino is one of my favorite directors, so it's like all of his movies are kind of like all on the same plane for me. I, I love everything that he's made and I will say that I've probably seen Django and Inglorious Bastards more than anything else and I've never seen Jackie Brown and this is the f- oh you should see it yeah this is the first Robert De Niro this is Not the first great. time I've seen Pulp Fiction in a while so uh I don't know it's kind of hard to rank it's it's really hard to rank Quentin Tarantino movies because he makes he makes great movies. Everything that he makes is great. And they're all like kind of iconic in their own Make way. Make movies great again. Yeah, he everything that he makes is kind of iconic in their own way and they're all like kind of their own True. They're kind of like they're all of their own music videos in sort of a way because you come away like with the soundtrack in your head from each movie and you know every song that's been played from every movie and you want to listen to everything. So it's I love that perspective. That's awesome perspective. Yeah. Of like that's soundtrack like, and like that's yeah. like a whole nother thing that he brings to the table is he really deep dives into the soundtrack of every, every movie and like kind of makes it his own. Yeah. Uh so like it's really really tough to rank it amongst his own movies so do it do it you can't though i mean like if i was going to put this up against like django and inglorious bastards i would say it's like right up there with django and inglorious bastards because those are some of my favorite movies that i've watched in like the last 10 years it's 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 tough man like i don't i, I honestly i don't even know where I, where I would put this in terms of a Quentin Tarantino movie, he just makes yeah, he just makes good movies. I think Reservoir Dogs is my favorite Tarantino, but I, I think that I think Tarantino's work is different for everybody. Um, but I would probably rank this as his third best film, 
in my eyes. I like Reservoir Dogs, and then I like um, I like The Hateful Eight a lot. I think that was really good, and I put that at number two. So that's that's my take. Jordan, uh, I think as far as like ranking his movies, I think Django and Pulp Fiction are kind of like top tier for me. Um, with like Inglorious Bastards and Reservoir Dogs kind of on the next tier. Um, Jordan loves Django. Jordan, Django! Everybody knows Django! 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 Remy! It's a good fucking movie. There's also no aliens. And it's a western. (laughs) There's zero aliens. Zero aliens, 100% western. So, I mean, that's kind of where it falls for me. Like, Django and Pulp are kind of his top tier, and there's a like four or five of his that kind of fall below that for me. Um, that's kind of where I stand. And Papster, I would say Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Inglorious Bastards, um, Django, Jackie Brown, Kill Bill Two, Kill Bill or Kill Bill Two, Hateful Eight, Kill Bill One, and then. Uh, Grindhouse, but we're not counting that. Grindhouse. So what? What number is Pulp Fiction then? I'm confused. Two. Two. Number two. Three. I, and, and then I personally had that. It's kind of tied for first, probably with Inglorious Bastards, with um, Kill Bill One and Django and Reservoir Dogs. Right after that, for me, it's my personal take. Smart um, take. Yeah, I, and you have <laughs> yeah hard take not. Yeah, cold take. Anyway. Soft, uh, soft take. So, yeah, let's go around and talk about yes or no. I have a feeling it's going to be mostly yeses, but let's see if this could be the first movie with six preservative <laughs> yeses. I don't know. Whoa. <laughs> this is history, boys. <laughs> yeah, so uh, let's just do that same order. I, so I, I do like. Men will sing of this day. I do like spite, though, so I'll, I might say no. <laughs> True. <laughs> You're up first, Mikey. Let's see. Spike yourself. Spike oh, I guess that's okay, it. Mikey. The real question is: Is Pulp Fiction a horror movie? <laughs> uh, I say yes. Uh, yeah, I love this movie. It's uh, really great. Uh, it's it's basically watching like. If you could travel back in time and watch a music video that was set to like a dark tone for the entire decade it's like watching that on mtv and then with drugs and guns and violence set throughout the entire thing it's it's crazy to watch yes for me all right i think vince is up next definite yes um i i think it is one of the top 100 movies ever it's awesome and if you've never seen it i think uh Put it on top of your list. Definite yes. Um, I give it a definite yes. It's one of those movies where when you first see it, it blows you away because it's not shot in quintessential order. Um, but I think as like as far as going into like Quentin Tarantino's movies, I think Inglorious Bastards is best. But I give us a definite yes. I mean, as much as I hate Josh shooting to the top of the rankings for spoilers. This is gonna be a this is gonna be a yes. Rivalry, uh, dog. Yeah, really going it's out on It's, it's gonna be a yeah for me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Randy Jackson. 
<laughs> Jordan Jackson. <laughs> Jordan Jackson. <laughs> Joe Jackson. Did you want to elaborate on that, Jordan, and just yeah, and that's no, it? I'm, nah. I'm, it's a yeah for I'm me, dog. Yeah. Nah. It's a yeah for me, dog. Pappy, go ahead then. Uh, well, first of all, whoever just tweeted Jordan Long's movie Paradox with Cowboys and Aliens <laughs> from Spoilers underscore pod, I had to go on mute because I was laughing. So who, who did that? Who did that? <laughs> that You're is welcome. hilarious. Jordan, why it's do you hate yelping. Aliens? It's a yes Jordan, for me. Jordan, why? It's a classic. Let's, let's, it's, a, it's a yes for me. Unrelated. <laughs> it's a yes for me. Uh, I think, if nothing else, how influential this film has ended up being in hindsight. It's pretty apparent anyone that's kind of grown up with it so that is yes sirs that's six yeses six and is there a special preserved like jarred and pickled or something i don't know like i don't get what preserved even means so no one does so, so i just came across that cowboys and aliens photo and that is priceless <laughs> fuck yes that is a funny thing uh, yeah yeah, so you guys ready for trivia? <laughs> woo woo! Yeah, let's do it. Is that Man. an actual movie? Wait, Cowboy, yeah. oh Wait, my Cowboys God. and Aliens yeah. were in? It's a real movie, man. That is a movie Dude, for you. Last Dude, that's your movie. Fuck. It that's E.T. meets Starman. That's for you, baby. It's got everything you want. Olivia Wilde. Olivia Wilde. Daniel Craig. Aliens. 007. <laughs> Proctal Who's exams. Your boy B. Rob on Who's that boy. My Rob? Fears. <laughs> the dude's yeah, just so, like. Yeah, I mean, the editing in this episode is going to have to be absolutely <laughs> tremendous. <laughs> it's going to be huge. Sowie. Huge. <laughs> All right, I do have a trivia question, so uh, yeah. put your browsers and keyboards away. Uh, happy. Rumor has it that it's been quite a while since we've won trivia. How long actually has it been? I haven't hosted since December. I'm just going to make up a day, 4th. But sometime in December for Gremlins. December 4th. So that roughly three months ago. Gremlins? I haven't hosted in the Western Hemisphere since, like, August. Wait, we're doing a Western? No. (laughs) No. Boys and aliens. Put your goddamn pants back on. Western hemisphere. Shit. Fuck. So, Uh, Pappy, did you want. I was thinking maybe you could go first and that'd be a good advantage for you, or. Well, can I hear the question first, or do I have to. (laughs) Guess first. All right, we're just going to go on the order I have on Skype here. So, Jordan, Jordan, you're first. Okay. Vince, you're second. Stevie. Your third. Boo! And in- instead of your wife, we'll say that Mikey's fourth. <laughs> I'm his wife. And hey, then, he's my wife, baby. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Pappy, you're last. So, I like it. Yeah. I dig it. First, Mostly because Pappy's begging me earlier for the question so that he could throw the I've competition. Wait, you did what? Cheating. Pappy's is a downright cheater. <laughs> That's okay. me. Here's the question. <laughs> Jordan, yeah. you're first. So the question is, Quentin Tarantino's highest grossing film of all time was Django Unchained with $162 million. His lowest was Reservoir Dogs with how much gross? <sighs> Coming in well under Django Unchained. That'll be my hint. It's well under Django. 161 million. Which was what? 162. 100- <clears throat> 
And these are all domestic or total? This is total lifetime gross. And which movie did you say it was? Reservoir Dogs. How much did it gross? And we closest will, to? Yeah, closest to. You can go over and you're fine. It's closest to. Cool. Alright. Uh, 69 million. You're way over. I get it. <laughs> Stevie, <laughs> giving out hints. But, uh, yeah, Vince is next. Alrighty, I'm going to go 31 mil. Okay, and Stevie? Um, I'm going to go 2.5 million. Jesus Christ. And uh, Mikey. 25. And Papster. I'll say $2,500,001, Josh. Oh, I love that. I love that. I'm trying to type that, and it's really confusing. 2.5. He fucked himself again. The correct answer is in the two millions... Oh, so Jesus just to Christ. draw out the suspense oh, a little no bit. Stevies, no Stevies, no Stevies, no, no Stevies, Stevies, no Stevies, no Stevies, no Stevies, no. Total two point four eight. Yes! Oh, oh, my fucking God. Just joking, just joking. 2.8. 2.8. 2.8. 2.8 million. Damn it. <laughs> oh, you got a hipster? Pulp Fiction's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I slow Bobby, rolled your Stevie. That was dirty. I'm sorry. That's cool. Oh, nice. My that sister has to wait another week. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna need some time to think about what I pick. Can we do the plugs first? Stevie, can you play us off? Or... Alright, okay. If you want to contact us on Twitter, we are at spoilers underscore pod. If you want to contact us through an email, it's uh, podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Also, we have a website created, actually a beautiful website. Created by the uh, intern Vince. That is, pod- they don't pay me. It's podcastspoilers.com. Can't afford you. It is. We cannot afford you. It's the best. <laughs> if you want to contact us at iTunes, we are actually. If you type in movie spoilers, we are like the first one up. We look like a serial bowl with the, like with the word spoilers typed across. Eat it up. Um, also, as well, we are just spoilers with an exclamation point. And you will find us there as well. Leave us a review. Tell us what movie to review, and we'll do it as well. Tell us we suck. Leave us a five star. Tell us we suck. And yeah, we are we're the best. <laughs> and I cannot remember our uh, our phone number. It's killing me right as we speak. Oh, I got you. I got you. No worries. Please, uh, Vince, help us, help us. Help us. Help us. Help uh, us. I got the phone number. So the phone number is going to be 903-776-4507. And I know it spells spoil somewhere in there. I don't really know where. Um, the phone number again is 903-776-4507. Drop us a line. You can uh, you can give us some movie reviews there. You can give suggestions. You can tell us we suck. Um, or tell us we're good. Who knows? We never know. But, uh, give us a call. Also, above all, thank Joshua Hensley for writing us our intro and outro. He's from the Rutabaga. He's done a phenomenal job. You can hear him right now. You can hear him right now. Hit him up. Yeah. Download his new album. Thank you. Well, Pappy, what's it going to be? Have you thought of uh, We Played You Out? Well, I think we're going to drive the spoilers bus back in time 10 years. uh, From 1994 to to 1984. 
and we're gonna pick the Karate Kid, the oh, original Karate Kid. Fuck you! Oh, wow, nice. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen that. Is this a punishment movie? You're the or? best. <laughs> God, I hate that movie so much. Should be fun. <laughs> Why does Pappy love? Why does Pappy hate bad movies? Like, why does he love bad movies? <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be better than. Uh, no, it's gonna be worse. Oh, I'll just tell you right now. This, no. is, this is a no well, for as long me. As it's a, it's a no for Mike. It's a no for me as well. It's a no for Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> this is going. To Pappy loves shitty movie. movies. <laughs> Welcome to spoilers. <laughs> All right, that was spoilers. Oh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that was spoilers. Right. Math teacher Mark Math paper. Yeah.